Welcome to ADHD is over, a new podcast on a seemingly old label that we're going to be peeling off. Join my wife, Tatiana, and I as we journey with our family, the Wyden family, through the land of confusing information. We're going to visit both sides and let you decide because the power is with you. Welcome to ADHD is over. Hello, 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 and welcome back to our podcast, ADHD is over. You heard the news, the good news? You didn't? No, don't tell me you didn't hear the good news that ADHD is over. Can you imagine one day it's over and people are on their phones calling loved ones and saying, oh my God, it's over, there's no more ADHD. Most people think, we're crazy for saying this. I'm crazy, Roman talking crazy talk. But like I've said before, this is a declaration. This is my dream that one day we will not label children and also often, very often, harm them with ADHD medication, but not label them with a disorder. And this episode is closely related to other episodes I've done before. This one is sort of in the realm of stigma, stigmatization, labelization, right? And I wanted to name it Stop Being Proud of Having ADHD because there are just so many groups, individuals, movements, websites, blogs, posts, articles. So much has been written and said out loud in the public sphere about how those with ADHD should be proud and how it's a superpower and how they are different and neurodiverse, right? And I don't want to get lost right now in the details of the descriptions. I want to stay to begin with here in this episode with the general sense, the general feeling of being proud of having been labeled with a disorder, technically, and I call it a stigma. Now, the word stigma is thrown around a lot, and especially in mental health. And we hear it on, on talk shows and news shows that those with ADHD are often stigmatized for being lazy or being, you know, crazy and so forth. Look, yes, there are those type of stigmas, or I call them judgments. But the biggest stigma of them all, and, and, you know, we all have heard the word. I just want to read you a couple of descriptions here. Um, Here's one of the American Heritage Dictionary that says, stigma an association of disgrace or public disapproval with something, such as an action or condition. So in our case, it's a condition, right? So an association of disgrace or public disapproval with something, like a condition, like ADHD. So we get, you get the idea. There's a disgrace or public disapproval, like saying, ah, oh, that person's crazy, or that person's, you know, uh, lazy or too much and so forth. Those are some of the stigmas that we often hear. Uh, the, the, the ADHD advocates, as they call themselves, trying to fight. But look, here's another one. 
first of all, if you get labeled with a disorder, that is already a stigmatized move. Why? Because, as I always say, the word disorder does not have a positive vibration, feedback, and agreement in society. Try it out. Go ask anyone if they'd be open to dating somebody disordered. Most likely, I would say 99 out of 100 people will say, uh, I don't think so. Or I don't know. They might be too politically correct to really say like, uh, yeah, no, I'm not interested in, in dating a disordered person. So it's a stigma because it's a, like this definition says, a, a, a public disapproval with something, right? Like a condition, like a disorder. So those advocates often, often standing for ADHD and also saying that we, we need to, uh, uh, you know, get rid of these stigmas um, actually don't know that, they, that it's already implied by saying when somebody accepts the label ADHD, I have a disorder. Yeah, you just basically laid the foundation for the most unspoken stigma. Now, let's go to another definition. Verywellhealth.com has this definition. A stigma is a negative attitude or idea about a mental, physical, or social feature of a person or group of people that involved social disapproval. And then it continues to say, this issue is a big concern for people with mental health conditions and for society. It can lead to discrimination and negatively impact mental health and overall well-being. Well, hello, that's what I've been saying for years, that a negative label, a stigma called disorder that we label our children with and adults, but, you know, think of children for right now when we're talking about negatively impact mental health and overall well-being, scientifically proven that if you label a human being with a disempowering label, any label, that eventually it will affect their self-confidence, right? That's not something to argue here, folks. If you're still on the pro-label side of like, no, it needs to be labeled and it's a shorthand between uh, therapists and, and doctors and it needs to be called out and because it, it is a disorder. Like if you're, if you're still in that camp, you're not thinking straight. You're being influenced by the loudest bullhorn, the mainstream narrative. I won't say media. Uh, it seems like such a... You know, people always say, oh, you're just a conspiracy theorist. No, it's the mainstream narrative. Google it. The mainstream narrative is that ADHD is a disorder. And no advocate, I should say it this side, this way, most so-called ADHD advocates actually advocate for keeping the label. None of them are out there rallying saying, please, let's take the word disorder out of the description of the DSM. I mean, yeah, there's some people up in arms, but they're not the ones calling themselves ADHD advocates. They're the ones that are also trying to take this whole business, this system down and rebuild it. I'm not saying destroy it and then have nothing in place, right? There needs to be a support. There needs to still be guidance to um, aid these human beings whose nervous systems have been stressed to the degree where now their behavior is kind of conflicting right out there in the public sphere. Like, yeah, we still need that guidance. We still need to be there for our children and for the adults that are struggling with this. We're not saying drop it, delete it. But how many so-called ADHD advocates are out there actually, actually 
fighting for, asking for the description, the label, the part that is the most disempowering that is called disorder. Hey, I'm even, <laughs> I, I said this before, I'm even okay if we had to choose between one word being gone, it would be disorder. I could still live with deficit, even though that's ridiculous too. But we could then call it a nervous system, you know, co-regulation issue, whatever. I'm okay with that to sort of work that out. But the word disorder has got to go. It's got to go. So when I say stop being proud of having ADHD, I'm saying that. Because you're proud of carrying a stigma that actually serve an interest group or multiple interest groups that don't actually have it in their interest for children and adults with ADHD to truly get better. Because as the description of Very Well Health says, it can lead to discrimination and negatively impact mental health and overall well-being, a stigma. And that's a negative attitude about a mental, physical, or social feature of a person that involves social disapproval. Like I said, no one wants to be labeled with a disorder if they don't have to, if they had a choice. And again, it's because that term doesn't carry a positive vibration and agreement and feedback in society. If you don't believe me, like I said before, try it out. Go do your own man in the street interview. We've done it. It is not a positive feedback. It is, does not carry positive agreement. So therefore, it is a stigma. The most not talked about stigma of them all. Meanwhile, we're kicking around these little tiny stigmas on, on talk shows. And we're like, well, I don't, you know, it's a stigma that people with ADHD um, are lazy. Well, yeah. I mean, I think it's a stigma that any human being is lazy if, if you know... The, there's, there's a lot of environmental factors that have somebody not want to be in action, not want to be inspired, be distracted. To me, that is not to be blamed on the human being, that particular human being. And then finding some kind of, you know, behavior that we label as symptoms that we then label as a disorder or a disease. I mean, that is just ridiculous. So please stop being proud of having ADHD. Just own you. Just be proud of who you are right now. Don't create yourself again and again as a disordered and therefore stigmatized human being that's rallying to be proud of being stigmatized and, and labeled disordered. That makes no sense. Stop being proud. Just own yourself. Be responsible for, your, for where you're at. You know, we often latch on to some kind of excuse or, you know, lack of taking responsibility and we become the victims and we say, oh, well, it's because I have ADHD. That's why I forget, forgot my keys and that's why I can't finish my work and, and so forth. Sure, if that's where you want to be stuck at and then be proud of it underneath a stigma and a label that's a disorder, if you want to stay there for the rest of your life, you can. Who am I to judge whether you should stay there or not? But still, as a, as a coach, as a research, researching parent, as somebody who gives a shit about people getting better uh, in, this, in this manufactured sort of, you know, ADHD business, uh, 
I'm someone who's going to say the words that other people may not say to you. Stop being proud of having ADHD. It does no one any good. All it does, it gives other victims the, the license to also be victims, to also hide behind this stigma and the label and the disorder so that somehow they can pretend that they feel better now now that they know that society sees them as broken and as handicapped, if you will. Look, I get it. The struggle is real. I always say that. It's not about, when we say ADHD is not real, we're not saying the struggle isn't real. We get that you or your children and people I know struggle with these behaviors. But what we're saying is the label, the so-called disorder, was invented. So it is not a real thing. As a label, it is a real thing. If you were to ask me a question, is ADHD a real label? I would say, yes, it's a real label that was manufactured and put in the DSM. Yes, as such, it is real, but it is not a real disorder, a condition. It has been labeled as such. And recently, um, I'm just going to see if I, if I find this. I have so many windows open if I find this email. Um, I recently came across... A, uh, a study. And this is very interesting because there was a influential neuroscientist who reviewed decades, you know, a decade is 10 years, decades of failure. What do you mean failure? The psychiatry's most fundamental characteristic is its ignorance, says the influential neuroscientist Raymond Dolan. In a paper, Raymond Dolan, the second most influential neuroscientist in the world, reviews the three decades of failure of his profession. Now, that is a man worth mentioning who can look back at his own profession and say this. It remains difficult to refute a critique that psychiatry's most fundamental characteristic is its ignorance that it cannot successfully define the object of its attention while its attempts to lay bare the etiology of its disorders have been a litany of failures. He writes, he says, despite three decades of intense neuroimaging research, we still lack a neurobiological account for any psychiatric condition. He said, for any. Likewise, functional neuroimaging, sorry, functional neuroimaging plays no role in clinical decision-making. So that's what I'm talking about. This is the world's second most influential neuroscientist says that despite three decades of intense neuroimaging research, we still lack a neurobiological account for any psychiatric condition. Therefore, what I just said is explained here by someone who has the, the, the credentials to say these words. I've felt this for a couple of years now. ADHD is not a real psychiatric condition or disorder. It is made up based on behaviors that we call symptoms. So there's no, as he says, neurobiological account based on neuroimaging. You know, they always talk about brain scans. Dr. Amen talks about this. The brain scans, the brain scans, and the chemical imbalance, and the brain, and the brain. They don't know. They really don't know. 
They have been in the dark pretending cherry-picking certain studies, financing, often pharmaceutical companies, financing such studies that they then present to prominent experts and pay them to go speak about the findings, which are cherry-picked every time at conferences that then get to the media and now the parents hear about these things like, oh, you could do a brain scan and know if somebody has ADHD and uh, it's the chemical imbalance and that's why, you know, it's all bogus, folks. It's all bogus. It is based on behaviors and the theory of behaviors or symptom as they call it doesn't even hold up. And there's a very, very simple video that shows this. And look, this is like any human being, most of them, 97% of them, will easily get what I'm saying when watching this video. And you can go to our Facebook uh, page, ADHD is over. And um, you may have to scroll down a little bit, but there's a video, famous video that circled the internet about a child who was doing math homework and they sat him down in a swivel chair and they uh, videotaped them for, I think it was like 15 minutes or something. And they sped up the footage so you can see how um, restless the child is and swivels around and swivels and swivels and distracts and moves and is doing, you know, math homework. And the next video, or I think it's in parallel, you can see the same child watching an episode of Star Wars. And that is what that child, that particular child likes. Your child may not, but that child did. And the same amount of time was spent on watching Star Wars and the footage was sped up and the child barely swiveled, barely moved. Now, these so-called ADHD experts will say, well, that is because... You know, life isn't always about watching movies. Uh, we have to learn how to uh, study and we have to uh, be, uh, you know, functioning members of society. True. Good point. But what I would like to say here, and that's why I'm using this example, is that none of these so-called symptoms, these behaviors are consistent. Meaning, when we say this child cannot pay attention, it is not that this child cannot pay attention to anything. It's that this child can pay attention and often hyper-focus on things they love. Then the expert will say, well, uh, you know, <laughs> it'd be nice to live in a world where we, uh, everything we do, we love. And I go, yeah, that's the world I'm interested in creating, by the way. That is what I'm interested in. Creating a world, living in a world where more of us start to do what we love and not things we don't like to do. The money will follow. Now, that's a different discussion. But again, my point is very simple. We have these experts that are telling us that not only is it a disorder and that there are certain symptoms, and if you have them, you have it, but now we're hearing from the world's second most influential neuroscientists that despite three decades of intense neuroimaging research, that they still lack a neurobiological account for any psychiatric condition. That's any, including ADHD. But we're talking about ADHD again. My point here to you listening, adults or parents of children that have been diagnosed with ADHD is please do not buy into the, the, the idiocracy, the, the, the stigma, the, the, the you know, uh, 
mainstream narrative, the loud bullhorn that says it's a disorder and your child is disordered and it's a brain dysfunction and we can actually uh, scan the brain and prove it and it's a chemical imbalance and blah, 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 blah. Do not buy into it. I would say at least do the research on both sides because more and more evidence, by evidence meaning scientific studies, are popping up. More and more experts are saying, you know, I like this guy, I, I've been, uh, Raymond Dolan, not just this guy, but Raymond Dolan, you know, I, my field, I had to look at my field critically. I look back on years and re- years of research and here's what's really happening. And we need more people like Raymond Dolan who are what I call calling the BS, like shouting out loud in a crowd of very proper people saying, hey, the emperor wears no clothes. He's naked. And even though other people see it too, they've been brainwashed basically that why would the emperor go out naked? I'm sure he's wearing clothes. I just can't see it. But there's no way an emperor would ever be naked. So that guy's crazy talk. The emperor is wearing clothes. Yet here, people like Raymond Dolan say, no, the emperor is not wearing any clothes and we need to look at this closely, right? And he continues to say that, you know, the, the conclusion is that despite 30 years of intense research and considerable technological advances, this enterprise, right, psychology, psychiatry, has not delivered a neurobiological account, meaning, for example, a mechanistic explanation for any psychiatric disorder, nor has it provided a credible imaging-based biomarker of clinical utility. Now, you got to let that sink in. And these are, again, articles, um, and I will post a link to this article in the show notes. These are articles that you do not find in the mainstream narrative. You can go to Mad in America, madinamerica.com, and look for, uh, uh, maybe type in Raymond Dolan or Influential Neuroscientist Reviews Decades of Failure, and I will post a link in the show note. But you have to go to alter- alternative sources, to find this information and you got to do your research. You got to click a few more links to then go to the study and, you know, at least so you can see it and feel it. And it's not BS because a lot of the, the, the mainstream narrative uh, claims or thoughts that are floating around out there were actually given by reporters or advocates or doctors that pharmaceutical companies paid People ranked way lower than Raymond Dolan, which, you know, as a second most influential neuroscientist in the world, you got to know a lot and you got to do something right. So do your research. Don't even take my word for for it. I'm not here to say I know I have all the answers and I'm going to tell you the solution to everything and I know what's right and wrong. And no, I'm, I'm a sounding board. I get shot at by articles and movies and YouTube videos and and people and parents and feedback and stuff. And I bounce it back out there. I look at it. I chew through it. I give my own common sense around this, try to make sense of it, right? So that as a parent, you can digest it easier than a study by scientists that often when I read it, you know, I, I can't really digest it well. So I have other experts look at it for me or give me notes or suggest other studies. So you don't have to do all the same work. But all I'm saying is 
before you label your child with a disorder and before you give your child these very strong chemical pharmaceutical pills that have a lot of side effects and caused a lot of harm out there. Before you do that, all I'm inviting you to do is to do a little bit more research on the non-mainstream side and to dig a little deeper and feel free to use our resources on our ADHD page at ADHD's Over or go to our website ADHDsover.com listen to our podcasts. There's a lot of books we mentioned. We have a lot of authors on the podcast who have written books. You don't have to read every single book, but perhaps read a, a, a sum up of the book and, and, and see how it feels to your soul when you hear conflicting information. You know, when there's a, a you know, biologist saying that ADHD is not genetic and here's why. It's interesting to hear that and then to go back to the mainstream and hear like, oh, there's mostly genetic disease or disorder and you go, well, not really. So wait a minute, who's telling the truth, right? You start to kind of crack the veneer. It's what happened to me seven years ago. You start to just question everything and that's okay. Never has anyone gotten hurt by being questioned. So we make it a big deal that when people question a mainstream narrative, oh, they're conspiracy theorists and they're probably Republican QAnon and they're probably violent protesters at the Capitol, right? We just go there. But no, people that are questioning the mainstream narrative aren't hurting anybody. Now, there's a way to question the narrative in a civilized way, right? You could emotionally perhaps hurt people. I get that. Although I think we're way too sensitive in our society nowadays. People get so quickly offended and they say, I've been emotionally hurt and the damage that the statement made. And da, da, da. Look, I get it. If we're really targeting one person and we're saying really violent, mean things to that person, yes, I'm not for that. There's a way to question the mainstream narrative in an intelligent way, in a skillful way. And it doesn't take much. I mean, the skill could simply be, you know, be, be nice, be genuine, really be interested in both sides and ask tough questions. That's it. That's all we got to do. Question the narrative. So when I meet people who question the mainstream narrative, I salute them. I high five them. Maybe not physically, but I just go like, yes, thank you for asking that question. It's a good question. And if the other side is getting defensive, if they can't simply engage in a mature dialogue and answer the, the questions, then we know there's some, you know, some, some foul stuff under the mat. And we got to move the mat and we got to clean it up together. This is our children we're talking about. These are the future adults that we're raising. And if we don't question what pharma is doing, we don't question what psychiatry or psychology is doing, then we're, we're just adding, we're contributing, we're enabling society to take advantage and ultimately harm the, the brains or bodies or the psyche or the psychology of our children. And I don't think, you don't often hear me say right or wrong, but to me, that just feels wrong. And when I say wrong, I just mean it doesn't feel in the benefit of all involved. In my book, and it doesn't have to be your book, in my book, that's wrong. Because I, I want to live a life where everyone involved uh, uh, benefits. There's always a win-win. Um, you know, there's a famous saying that, that uh, Werner Arhart, who start, started uh, Est and then later became Landmark, 
uh, he used to call it a world that works for everyone. And the only way to create a world that works for everyone is to bring back integrity. Integrity so that doctors, psychiatrists, and pharmaceutical company CEOs don't bend the truth or hide things or withhold or lie or cheat in order to make money, in order to be, um, you know, looked at in the spotlight out there in the world and to be, uh, what's the word, revered, 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 you know, uh, to leave behind a legacy. If, if we want a world that works for everyone, we have to start telling the truth and we have to question the mainstream narrative because the mainstream narrative is a commercial venture by nature, will do anything to make more money. Therefore, lying, cheating, withholding, and so forth, manipulating is a natural, natural, these are natural human traits that we possess. And they actually can make money or can move capitalism forward. We all know it. We've all seen the, the scams or the, the shady companies, the companies that get sued and fined and pharmaceutical companies, a lot of them, you know, we, we've, we've all seen it. And we all go like, yeah, that's, you know, shady business. And yeah, they got caught and this CEO and this financial investment and Wall Street. And, you know, look, there's so much um, lying, cheating, withholding out there in the capital world, in the capitalistic uh, machine or world, if you will, that the only way to get back to, to creating a world that works for everyone is that we got to start telling the truth, bring back integrity. And again, that's why I'm saying stop being proud of having ADHD. You are not doing a favor to any of the people that are dealing with this distress, this nervous system distress. You are actually perpetuating a mainstream narrative that the disorder is real and that we should be victims of such and therefore look for external sources like medication, psychiatrists and, and so forth to be whole, that we need to lean on those crutches for the rest of our lives, as they always say, it's a lifelong condition, which is BS. And not just BS in my book, you can look this up, there's studies, clear studies that disprove that statement over and over again. So again, we're basically letting people know that we're okay leaning on these external crutches and being disordered being somebody who you know technically is accepting the biggest stigma of them all to accept a disorder is literally stigmatizing yourself and that's why i'm saying stop being proud of having adhd start living life as someone who is in charge who's responsible who's not a victim and if it's for a child this is for you parents Stop labeling your children as ADHD. Stop calling it a superpower and stop labeling them even as neurodiverse because people, look, we already know what that means. We know what you're saying. I think there'll be a tipping point where we realize, yeah, we're all neurodiverse because we all have a different kind of brain. No brain is ever the same. There's no cop, exact copy of a brain. Maybe we'll get there eventually with our DNA exploration and our craziness to try to clone things, maybe. But for right now, pretty sure there's no, there's no brain is the same. Therefore, we are all neurodiverse. To call someone neurodiver neurodiverse is for me to look at a human and say it's a human. Yeah. But the way it's used out there in schools and with, with uh, these therapists and stuff, it's got to stop. It's another stigma. It's a reverse stigma, as I call it. 
And all these ADHD um, advocates, I have a message for you. Stop propagating, propaganding. Stop, you know, continuously to keep this narrative alive. You're not actually advocating for anything that's going to make a difference. You're just basically reaffirming, you're keeping this stigma alive. And you don't even realize it. And it's destroying lives. And it's not getting any better. The medications aren't really working. More and more kids seem to get diagnosed. More and more parents are confused. And what's happening? Where, what are these advocates doing? What are, ad, what are they advocating for? To protect people? To take it easy on them? To not stigmatize them? Well, they're already stigmatized by you simply being an ADHD advocate. And telling them to be proud of having ADHD or to celebrate their superpower and all that stuff. Look, I get it. It's coming from a, from a good uh, um, meaning point of view, right? It is. But it's pseudomoral. It's, it's this kind of like, we got to do something good and, you know, we're advocates and we're going to help people. Look, I get it. You're a good person. Awesome. But now look at the reality in front of you. Question the mainstream narrative. Please do. Or stop being an advocate for ADHD. You're not making a difference. You're actually making it worse. And look, there's those of you, I'm not talking to those of you who are what I call on our side, camp thriving versus surviving. Um, I know there's a lot of people doing a lot of good work and I want to acknowledge you for that. If you're moving the needle by starting to question this fabricated system and this fabricating this fabricated disorder, I celebrate you. But if you're an advocate who's out there continuously keeping this stigma alive and this disorder alive and the label alive and the medication flowing, I'm begging you to get a reality check. I'm begging you to look at the studies on the other side because you're blinded by the mainstream studies that all have been funded by pharmaceutical companies anyway. I can't say all, but most of them. Look it up. The experts that you're continuously hailing out there as like the experts and they know and the studies, go to Wikipedia, look them up. They're all getting money from pharmaceutical companies. So please stop ignoring those facts. That's called, well, it's called bribing, but in politics, we call it lobbying. Should be illegal. Should be illegal. If you want to be an ADHD advocate, work on that. Make it illegal for any doctor who treats children with this so-called disorder to receive money from pharmaceutical companies. Do that work. Be that advocate. Go do that. I'll be proud of you. Many people will thank you. You'll really move the needle and make a difference. That's where you got to do the work. Or go try to get the word disorder eliminated from the DSM. Do that work. But guess what? That's not the glamorous work. That's not the work that easily gets broadcast on ABC or NBC. Those are the kind of people and the kind of movements that have a really hard time getting broadcast that usually will get uh, a flagged on social media for being conspiracy theory. People get, will get taken down. People will get threatened. I've seen it. I've done a seven-year research. I've seen such emails. I've talked to people who've been threatened because they wanted to do that work, the work that actually makes a difference to actually start to redesign this machine that's harming our children and our adults with the so-called disorder more than it's actually doing good. 
So start doing that work and stop doing all the, the fluffy advocate work that's like, be proud and, you know, let's all get together on Zoom and celebrate and we're all, you know, superpower and, you know, and let's uh, spread the word that there shouldn't be stigma against ADHD people. And I just shake my head. I shake my head because you are perpetuating the biggest stigma, like I said before. The biggest stigma of them all is to label yourself for anyone with the word disorder. Let that sink in. Stop being proud of having ADHD. That's enough for today, folks. If you've been listening to this episode, I thank you for your attention. You've heard me say this before. Your attention is your most valuable commodity. And you've given it generously to me, to this podcast. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much. If you'd like more information on this podcast, just go to www.adhdisover.com. You can download our free ADHD Diagnosis Survival Guide for Conscious Parents on there, a really handy document. And on Facebook, you can find us at ADHD is Over. Feel free to comment, like, and so forth. And we'd always really appreciate it if you left um, us a review on Apple, uh, on podcasts. Really appreciate it. I've heard so many people say such great things about the podcast, but rarely do people leave reviews. And I think it's important since we often get kind of... Uh, pissed off people who leave reviews who don't even listen to our podcast, which I can usually tell from the review, that are angry that we're out there. But look, I get it. It's okay. I'm not one to say we have 100% positive reviews. That would actually be, for me, scary because I'm not doing my job if everybody agrees. So I know that we're um, controversial in a way because we're waking people up. We're questioning the mainstream narrative for the good. We don't have all the answers. Not everything I say is right or will lead to um, someplace where you want to go. But I hope that you've gotten some value from this episode or any other episode. And also feel free to write us an email if you have any feedback or you want to suggest a guest uh, for the podcast and so forth. So again, thank you. Thank you for listening. Hope you are back soon. Feel free to share this episode or other episodes with people in your lives where it can make a difference in the world of an adult or a child with ADHD. Hey, until next time, create an amazing day. Cheers. Cheers.